Oh, hello. We don't get many visitors this far in the woods. You're probably cold. It's quite freezing out here. Won't you join us around the fire? Ah, you're all just in time, too. Every night around the same time, something special happens here. You see, our campfire goes from your normal blaze of yellows and oranges to a chic and deep black. Whenever that happens, the flames, they tell us a story. We really found it by luck, my partners and I, and we're happy that you're here to experience it with us. It should happen any... That's it. Look at that. Have you ever seen anything this beautiful? So cryptic, so ancient. <laughs> um, I'm sorry about that. I'm not sure what came over me. <laughs> Do you uh, hear the whispers? If you listen closely, they'll tell you a little about the story. Oh, you can't make them out? <laughs> well, I've been listening for quite a while. I'll be your translator. What's that? Oh, <laughs> yes, silly me, I almost forgot. My name is Brandon Lee. This is our campfire and camping ground. It's a little on the hush-hush, though, but I would say we're friends now, so you can bring your friends to visit if you'd like. However, we don't want to miss the story, so, uh... Let's uh, take a listen, shall we? Ah, uh, yes. This story is titled Lunar Equinox. I've heard this one many times and even told it myself to others. If you ask around, some people might even say that I wrote it. <laughs> uh, still can't understand the whispers? Well, that's no problem. My friends will help translate and add some depth as well. Our music composer, Donald Stapleton, will add some flair to the story. Joining us in telling it will be Edgy Box, Jordan W. Anderson, Mini Boca, Benji Maple, Kevin Kotliba, Tiz Rome, Nessa Moore, E. Sheeran, Nen Kelson, and Ben McElfatrick. Now, I do need to advise that this story contains explicit language as well as some aspects of horror and fantasy. Viewer discretion is advised. So why don't you get comfortable? Despite the hypnotic color, the fire is still able to warm you up and listen to the tale of Amber Reed and how her entire life is uprooted by a mysterious man. It's time for breakfast! I was asleep but started hearing my dad calling. I rolled out of bed groggily and put on a tank top before heading to the kitchen. Dad was cooking eggs and was placing mine on a plate as I walked in. Morning, kiddo. How'd you sleep last night? Well, I had that dream again. The one of the man with the cards. This time it was a little different. My mind flashed back to my own dream. I was sitting across a small table from a man in a hooded shirt. He has tarot cards on the table. I tapped one as if prompted and flipped it over, revealing the tower. I shuddered at the thought, remembering the eerie feeling that washed over me after he flipped it. Oh, I'm sure it was nothing. Dreams are weird anyway. You know what I had a dream about last night? I couldn't imagine. I dreamt a giant Pac-Man was chasing me down the street, like I was the last dot. Wow, Dad. Uh... 
I have to go meet up with Kai and Mindy. Be careful in town, and don't go hanging out with that Chris. I won't. Have a good day, kiddo. I love you. I love you too, Dad. I changed into normal clothes and walked outside. I started jogging down to the local park where I saw Kai and Mindy sitting on a bench near the basketball court. There was always a game going on here during the day. (laughs) Did you see Izzy's story from the party last night? Yes. She's such a slut. How can she even bend like that? That part is easy. I can show you sometime. Hey, guys. Amber, we missed her at the party. I bet she was wrapped up with Chris. Shut up. I was working on my essay. We can't all be prodigal journalists. Yeah, you missed a hell of a party. Chris is over there playing basketball. Does your dad still hate him? More and more every day, but I don't. Hey, cutie. I'll be right back. Keep the game going. He ran over like a puppy excited to see his owner return from work. He was an average basketball jock. We both go to the same college, but he got in on a sports scholarship. Tall and dreamy, but not a decent thought in his head. I was okay with being the smart one, though. Hey, baby. Missed you at the game this weekend. I was busy at home, but I'll be at the next one. Are we still hanging out tonight? Hell yeah! I need to go drop 50 on LeBron, then the guys and I are going out for drinks. I can pick you up after that. Sounds great. Tell Sean he can pick me up, too. Tell him I have a surprise. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I gotta get back to the game. Make sure to wear something sexy tonight, Amber. Get it, girl. Ayy. Let's head back to my place. We can order pizza. Lead the way. We started walking through the park, and I was being a little absent-minded. I barely registered when I shoulder-checked a man wearing a hood. I started to apologize when I got the same feeling again, from my dream. I turned slightly and locked eyes with him. Then, I'm back in my dream. I noticed part of his face had some odd markings on it. Coming back to reality, I saw this man had the same markings. Fearfully, I turned back facing the front, but as I registered where I saw, I turned around. He was gone. Amber, let's go. Chris will be all up in you tonight. Huh? Oh, sorry, I'm coming. My name is Atlas. I finally made physical contact with her after so many years of searching. She was a hard one to track. I settle in my room and light a candle and take a deep breath before reciting the connection spell. Angli tishirka, opelawe te ang de ama afe yate kaine lafe, ize ang, crescent. As I finish, a breeze blows through and extinguishes the candle. I feel the surge in my blood as the magic tries to stabilize, causing my markings to flicker before becoming whole and vibrant on my skin. I open my eyes to see a familiar, yet long-since-past face across from me. Atlas, at last. Mother. Have you found her? Yes. She knows nothing. Have you been June casting? I have. So far, she's been responsive. Good. The equinox is upon us. Do what you need to do. Kinole. Kinole. After saying goodbye, her form dispersed into dust. The candle relit and my markings faded. It was time. I stood, grabbed my small bag and left. Mother was right. We are running out of time. Back at Kai's house, they and Mindy were eating pizza and gossiping about the latest social media rumors. 
I had already finished eating and was trying to remember that man's face. It was so foggy in my head now. My phone started ringing. I picked it up to see it was Chris. Hey, I was hoping you'd call. What's up, babe? I have to go pick up some cash and then I'll be by. Meet me out front. Sounds great. We are at Kai's place. Be there soon. He ended the call just when Mindy tried to involve me in gossiping about the new police officer in town. When I let them know I was leaving with Chris, I was met with some winks and they were back on to their own conversation. I head outside just as Chris pulled up. I ran down the stairs of the porch and hopped in the car. Where are we headed? Back to my place. You have everything? I think so. Can I turn on the radio? Nah, we won't be in the car that long. Chris liked to drive in silence, which I wasn't a fan of. He sped off down the street almost immediately after responding to me. I just spent the drive scrolling through some feeds on my phone. Alright, home sweet home. Let's go. Hey... Who does this guy think he is? I glanced up from my phone and noticed right in front of the car is that man. He still had his hood on. It was mostly green with a gold trim about an inch thick along the edges. The top of the hood came to a point around the middle of the bridge of his nose. I could see now it was more of a short-sleeved cardigan with a hood. Except, his right sleeve was torn and singed near the shoulder. The corresponding arm was wrapped completely in bandages. Aside from that, his markings that now seemed so familiar were visible on what parts of his face and free but scarred left arm we could see. That's the guy I ran to in the park. Now what happened next, I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't see it myself. He raised his arms and gestured to the car and the driver and passenger doors both swung open. What the fuck was that? Hey punk, are you trying to go? Chris, don't do this right now. I'm scared. I'll make quick work of this piece of shit. Chris, no! It was too late. He was always the protective type. Before I even finished my sentence, he was out of the car. Come on, fucker! Square up! He smacked his chest as he started to walk up to the hooded man, who was still looking into the car, completely ignoring Chris. The man's hand raised again and did a quick twisting motion as I heard a sickening crack as Chris' head spun and he dropped onto the pavement. I screamed. I didn't know what else to do. I scrambled out of the car and ran to him. I was hysterical, still screaming and crying as the man walked up and spoke for the first time. What is your name? Get away from me! You killed him! What is your name? I quickly pulled out my phone and tried to dial 911. The man made another gesture and sent my phone flying and another that forced me to look up and lock eyes with him. Tears were streaming down my face. I could feel it. This was where I die. One last time. What is your name? Amber. It's Amber. My name is Amber. I cried out desperately, wanting to close my eyes and wake up from this nightmare. Your real name. That is my real name. Amber Reed. My name is Amber Reed. You're coming with me. No. No, 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 please. I'll do anything. Just I couldn't finish begging before he placed his hand on my head and snaps his fingers. The next thing I know, we aren't on the street anymore. We are in a familiar place. Familiar to my dreams, anyway. I can move freely again, and I collapse, wanting to cry and scream, but I feel calm. I take a few deep breaths and look around as the man walks to an altar that I vaguely seen in the background of my dreams. What is this place? My home. Who are you? My name is Atlas Lunar. Why have I seen you in this place in my dreams? I have been visiting you and... Having you visit here by dreamcasting. What do you want? 
Are you adopted? What? No, I wasn't adopted. I didn't understand what was happening or why I felt so calm here. He handed me an envelope. Take this. And here is your phone. We wouldn't want that at a crime scene. I felt sick to my stomach. I had completely disregarded what just happened with Chris. Ah, yes. I'm sorry. An unnerving calm washed over me, and I didn't feel sick anymore. I was thinking about watching Chris's next nap, but felt nothing. What was that? I relieved your guilt and remorse. His death will no longer bother you. It's time for you to get home. Make sure to ask about your adoption. I wasn't adopted. He snapped his fingers and I was kneeling on the concrete in front of my house. I glanced around, confused and still, much to my dismay, calm. I looked to see my phone and the envelope in my hand. I gave my head a shake and ran inside. Amber? You're home early. Is everything alright? Uh, yeah, Dad. I looked at the envelope in my hand and decided to open it. Inside was a card. A tarot card. The tower. I swallowed hard. Can I ask you something? You know you can always ask me anything. Was I adopted? His demeanor changed to that of someone who had been preparing for such a question but hoped it was never asked. My heart skipped a beat. <sighs> Sit down, kiddo. I walked in and sat down on the couch opposite to him. Your mother and I did adopt you. You were very, very young. Only a little older than a year, maybe? You were born into a family that was... Well, they were a bit crazy. They lived in the woods in tents, and they really believed they had some otherworldly powers. They honestly thought they were real witches or something like that. So, Amber isn't my real name? It is legally, but you have a different name to those... people. It was strange, if not a little funny. Do you remember it? <laughs> yes, it's a very hard name to forget. Basilia. Basilia Lunar. Instant realization and fear struck me. I could tell by my dad's reaction that it was written all over my face. Did you say Lunar? I did. Their last name was Lunar. Are you alright? Yeah, I'm fine. Was I the only child they had? No, they had a boy if I remember right. A little older than you, maybe a year if that. He was hurt, I think? He had one arm bandaged up and the other was horribly scarred. Are you sure you're alright? I'm sure. I've just had a very, very weird day. I'm heading to bed. Good night. Alright. I'm here if you need to talk or process. Good night, kiddo. I calmly walked just out of view before I sprinted to my room. This was insane. I had to still be dreaming or going crazy or something, right? I tossed the tarot card and envelope onto my bed and I sat at my desk. I buried my face in my hands as I tried to go back over the events today. What the fuck? How did it go? Oh shit! The voice startled me even more. I yelped and jumped out of my chair and backed against the wall to see that man, Atlas, lounging on my bed, writing in some old, leather-bound, pocket-sized book. He glanced over at me, and I could see his markings, and for the first time, he didn't have his hood on. I'll be damned if he didn't look like me, his markings fading as we stared at each other. 
How did you get in here? Magic. That's it. I'm going crazy. You're not real. I just need a grippy sock vacation. This is real. Aren't you curious? Haven't I been persuasive enough? Maybe this is all a nightmare and I'm still dreaming. If that is what you want, I can make it one. His marking started to come back as I held my hands out and shook them violently. No, please don't. What do you want? I want you to come home, Basilia. Our coven is running out of time and we need you. That's not my name. I can't help you. Actually, you have no choice. What? Chris is dead. As it stands, you were the last one with him. It won't be long before he's found if he hasn't been already, and cops are knocking on your door. Shit, he was right. I could feel my heart start to pick up in my chest. It was getting so hard to breathe. So? So what? I just up and leave. Is it really that easy? Not exactly. I was doing my best to not cry. This wasn't a dream. This was all real. Are you in or not? I thought very hard for what seemed like hours before uttering a one-word answer through gritted teeth. Fine. Atlas smirked and there was a twinkle in his eyes. <laughs> Sit with me and give me your hand. Having no real other choice, I did as I was told. He pulled a blade from his pocket, but it wasn't a normal blade. If I didn't know any better, I'd say it was made of bone, blade handle and all. Before I knew it, he had sliced expertly across my hand and I watched the crimson liquid pooling in my hand, which his grip made it impossible to move away. He cut his own as well and dipped a finger in my blood that now ran down my hand, dripping into the bed. He drew a strange symbol on my blanket with it, then he did the same with his own. You're going to want to close your eyes. I did as I was told, still scared out of my mind. Then there was a pause. I don't know what I expected, but silence in the literal presence of nothing was not it. Maybe we were both just crazy. What was that supposed Basilia. His interruption completed the spell. My brain felt like it was on fire. I saw people, things, landscapes, experiences, the whole lives even. Several thousands of them. That's when I realized these things weren't just my own. I saw the memories of others, of Atlas, of my friends and family who this unawakened me has never known. I remembered everything. I come back to reality fairly quickly, breathing heavily as if while I was viewing a multitude of lives, my body stopped its natural functions. Atlas. I remember. He gave a loving smile, and I think I started to see his eyes dampen. Welcome back, my sister. We have a stop to make. Kai and Mindy, when I say I remembered everything, I meant it. I knew my capabilities and all the spells in the language we used. I knew how aging and rebirth worked differently for those in our coven, and I remembered why. This is why he found me. Time was running out for the original ritual our parents had done a few thousand years ago. He nodded and we both snapped our fingers and appeared behind them, still sitting on Kai's couch. We walked around and they were both passed out while sitting up. Are you ready? Let's do this. Atlas walks over to Kai and rustles them awake. Dazed and groggy, they open their eyes and look up at him. Uh, oh. 
Hello there. Oh, you're pretty. I rolled my eyes. They are even the same when they first wake up. Did Chris make it to pick up Amber? No, he never showed. Amber went home. Honestly, pretty bummed out. (sighs) Atlas glanced at me with a smirk, and I felt relieved. My soul hasn't used magic in over a hundred years. I was fearful that I would be a little rusty. Sleep. Kai immediately passed back out, cracking their neck on the arm of the couch. It even made me wince, but they just started snoring away. What about my dad? I handled that man already. Then what are we waiting for? We both nod and snap our fingers. We appear back in Atlas's room. I take a few looks over it, finally remembering everything that gave me a new appreciation for his room. Is the plan still the same? Yes, everything is prepared for the Equinox. I bet Mother is excited. Basilia, she is dead. Most of our coven is dead now. Since we have you back, there are only five of us. This struck a nerve. My memories didn't show that, but... There was a lot of black. I couldn't see anything from Atlas for what looked like 50 years. This body of mine was young. My dad said they adopted me when I was barely a toddler. Had they already been reborn again? I knew I hadn't been awakened in much longer than 50 years, but there was a lot not adding up here. Who? Ostara, Hylia, and Lysander. We can do it. Is there something wrong with the memory link? He promptly ignored the question. Just remember... Ember doesn't exist here. For now until the end, you are Basilia. I nodded, now slightly worried. I remember how he had been in the distant past. He never kept anything from me. Why now? Are you ready? We were born for this. He walked over to the door and opened it. As we stepped through, we exited a tent. I had almost forgotten our tents turned into rooms on the inside. I smiled as I continued to remember the amazing things you can do with magic. There were four other tents in a semicircle around a fire pit dug into the ground. I was home. Well, one of my homes. Three others were sitting around the pit and turned to look up as Atlas walked in, a twig snapped under his feet. Two of them jumped immediately and ran to greet us. The other woman just glanced over and scoffed. Of course, that was Helia. Lysander fell to his knees in front of me. Princess Basilia, welcome home. Helia snickered at his display. Lysander's family were protectors of the Lunar family. It isn't out of character for them to act in such a way. She yelled over from the pit. What the hell are you wearing? I wasn't familiar with this tone of hers. We used to be best friends, but now there was something underlying her tone. Was it contempt? That's when I noticed I was in street clothes. They were all wearing a traditional attire like Atlas had been wearing. Please let me get you fixed up. Those... Rags. They are offensive. I would love that, Ostara. I felt off. These clothes seemed fine to me. My newfound soul was a bit uncomfortable, but as Atlas said, Amber doesn't exist here. We headed off to her tent as Helia finally walked over to Atlas and Lysander. This isn't going to work. Have faith. We felt when her soul was awakened. There was uncertainty. We should have done this without her. You know that has never been an option. Our coven would have had a better chance of not being completely annihilated. Hell yeah. In Ostara's tent, she was hemming and fitting my hooded cardigan that looked like Atlas's. It's good to have you back. I can't believe I had forgotten you all in this place. My family. It's our souls that remember. You were never awakened. You were taken before you turned two when we performed the awakening. It... May have been better that way, Basilia. Why do you say that? Things are different now. 
I'm sure you've noticed some of our memories have been locked. Your parents, as well as the others, haven't been able to survive very long after being reincarnated. They are aging too fast. Your parents died six months after you were born, at the ripe age of somewhere above 90. To make matters worse, your brother hasn't even been leading us. What? Look and see for yourself. This was all too much. When we were awakened, we usually age slower. But that was also before the effect of the Equinox ritual started to die down. There had to be more to it, though. I nodded at her and started to head to the opening for a peek. Ostara's tent wasn't like everyone else's. Hers looked like a tent inside. Much bigger, more colorful, and slightly different fabrics for the inside, but still a tent. I moved to the opening slightly and looked over to see Lysander walking back to the pit while Helia kissed Atlas. I don't know why, but this brought a rage and sickness to my stomach. When did this happen? I wouldn't poke too much. It won't matter soon anyways. There. All done. What do you think? It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Let's go show everyone. I nodded and followed her outside. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, Princess Basilia. She gestured to me as everyone glanced over. My outfit was proper for a coven, except the bottom of my cardigan rested lower, almost like a robe. I was in her neutral-colored fabric capris with a white tunic-style shirt underneath. Atlas smiled, glad to have his sister back. Lysander's eyes were wide and his mouth was opened a little too far. I think I saw him drooling a little. Healy, of course, was giving a sour scowl. I was not going to let her intimidate me. We start preparation for the Equinox ritual tomorrow. For the Lunar Coven! For, for the, the Lunar, Lunar Coven. Coven! There was a surge of energy flowing through the four of us that immediately caused our markings to appear. I truly felt like we were going to be able to rebuild the coven until I glanced at Helia. She was standing there with her arms crossed and a raised brow. She smirked and winked at me. Game on. Her markings appeared after she spoke and I grew genuinely concerned. I'll really need to get things ironed out tomorrow. You see, that was lovely. I was hoping they would tell you the whole story, but sometimes it only gives snippets. I suppose if you want to hear more, you'll need to come back, yes? Well, you know where to find us. The Black Flame Campfire would like to thank those in the cast and staff for making this possible. Most importantly, we would like to thank you, our listeners. Until next time, won't you join us around the fire? <laughs>